Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. This episode, we talked with CJ Wildheart. Oh, my God. This was September the 15th. So, yet again, I don't know when anybody's listening to this, but many episodes into the Crowcast. Uh, episode 26 on YouTube um, for anybody counting uh, or anybody who likes to watch the visual uh, versions. Um, cracking episode. And I remember him sending a nice present in the post to um, to plug on the episode, which was his, his hot sauce Uh I remember wow. coming over to yours and uh, and trying a little bit of a sample of that, mate, which was like, oh, it, blew my head off. it literally oh. blew my head off. I mean, I had a little taste on a little finger on the tongue and I was dead. Um, incredible taste, though. Amazing yeah. flavor. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, and obviously he sent a new CD because he's working on the uh, brand new album, which not sure if it's out yet, Shane. I can't remember the date. You'd have to listen to the interview and episode 26 on YouTube. Uh, it's due, isn't it? Yeah, it was also memorable, dude, because he dropped the first C-bomb live, yes. live yes. on Crowcast. Yes, yes. Definitely more Channel 4 than BBC this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but very memorable, such a character, and yet again, a gentleman that I can't wait to share a pint with you and the boys down down the pub uh, when life gets back to some sort of normality. Or if you're listening to this, maybe there is normality. Maybe there is no reality. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, let's get into it. Here we go. Strap in. This is Crowcast Podcast. We are those! Same with Ricky. Ricky was a great guest as well, like, you know. Uh, talking about guests, should we bring on our special guest for tonight? Let's do so. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. CJ Wildheart. Yes! <laughs> uh, you, you guys are good. <laughs> you got, you, oh, yeah. Thank you, man. We're it's fucking blagging in. I was waiting for, like, um, like requests from the local pub and stuff. You could just cut out hand. <laughs> <laughs> it is really good. It's really entertaining watching you two. I was absolutely shitting them, CJ, because um, obviously we're still trying to get our heads around this and work out the tech side of it. So when I looked at my inbox, I couldn't see your email had landed. So I was like, oh, no, man, you know. And then I seen you pop up down the bottom. I was like, excellent. Show's on. Here we go. Absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I've done. Um... I'm I'm pretty tech savvy and I and I like technology. So um, you know, I've done quite a few of these kind of interviews on Zoom and Facebook and stuff, and none of them have gone wrong yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, just got a, I've just got an email from you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's, it's called the panic button, where you probably have another two or three where I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know if it landed. I don't know if it landed. Like, so that's some really cool artwork in the background, dude. Sorry to, uh, that's fucking slamming. That's actually yeah, slamming. Yeah, I um, just, I've, I've, um, I've lived um, around the world and collected stuff on my travels and stuff, you know, touring. I've done a couple of tours in my time. You know, and, and if you pick things up, I mean, Ginger's got some like absolutely amazing stuff, you know, art as well. But I mean, most musicians, anyone who travels, you just pick up rubbish, don't you, as you're going along? Yes, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I noticed um, you've got a, a, is that a gray feature wall I can see in the background there. It's, it's, it's not quite sure what it wants to be at the moment. It was red. Last week right. you would have seen it. It was red with like. Iron Man and wrestling belts and like you okay. said, you just pick up so much fucking shit over the years. So, um, but yeah, just kind of changing the studio around. We um, everything's kind of leveling up our side, and like you said, technology. So we've invested in a lot more gear um, and just kind of working out the remote remote recording vibe and building did the you, house. Did you start this? Did you start this um, like during the lockdown then? Just yeah, yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. Really, well done, man. 
Yeah, well, well we were there, man. We, um, you know, our, it's it's quite a quite a big, quick backstory. We kind of we went on tour in February, promote the new record, and then COVID happened. So it was the case of, well, rather than kind of pack up and wait for your order to calm down, Shane and myself were talking on the phone, and we were like, well, how can we how can we keep interacting with the fan base? They're there. They wanna they wanna talk to us. Um, so hence we tried to find some sort of like software that would work and you've got to think now when we were in May, um, none of us could see each other. We couldn't be even two meters apart. You know, we were all on lockdown, lockdown. Um, so we worked out that this software could kind of beam to four other houses, five other houses stream at the same time on different platforms. So it was a case I mean, of, like, I mean, you have the whole band like involved in this. So yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We normally, we used to have them on at the beginning, but it used to get a bit jumbly, especially like we were trying to work out who was going to speak. Um, yeah. So then we kind of cut it down to me and Shane, and now, then then we kind of bring people in and out then, like, so... I'll tell you, it'd be impossible for the Wild Pass to do something like this. I mean, yeah, hard I'd fucking love to it's see that, it's man. Enough, it's hard enough getting us in the same room together. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it would, it would never happen. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a bit like us um, with us. Like we were working out how can we jam. Um, like you said, you love technology, so we were kind of working out can we actually jam together, like in different locations. But is the latency going to be a problem? And it was. It was. It was a nightmare. We looked at different software. We looked out to make it work. Um, we even had like Chris Barras on your um, a couple of weeks ago, and he was giving us tips out to maybe kind of make it work. Um, but this was the only way we could have our band practice. This was the only way we could do our our gig, our our get together as a band. So yeah, we you use got, it all you for. Guys been doing, you've been doing online shows and stuff. Or... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now we have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we we haven't. There's. I mean, there was no way me and Ginger were going to do like that acoustic thing, like. Um, like an iPhone gig, it ain't gonna happen. And um, yeah. it's just not what we're about. And we were offered, the band as in the Wild Arts, were offered various different platforms to do, you know, a live stream gig. But again, it just, we're just like, we, we're kind of like a band who's kind of on hold at the moment. And we're all kind of off doing our own things, which, you, you know, which, it, you know, it isn't a problem because, you know, Ginger's producing music, I'm producing like Source and I'm working on a new album right now. So, you know, I don't know what Danny's doing. Richie's a builder. So he's off building um, whatever he builds, patios or ceilings, you know, so everyone's, you know, keeping busy. And I, I think that's what you've really got to do, isn't it, during this, this time is, you know, keep your head down, keep busy. 100%. Yes. When is when is the last time you saw the boys? Um, we had a rehearsal. Um, God, it, it wasn't that long ago. It was probably about maybe six, seven weeks ago. We had a rehearsal. It was um, it was uh, to start the process of the recording a new album, and the rehearsal didn't quite go as planned. So we kind of drew a, a line under the, the new album for this year and. We're going to regroup um, like early next year and get our heads down and, you know, get a new album in, in, in the can. It's just it's um, we probably would have dropped an album, wouldn't have been able to tour it. And, you know, yeah. it just it just didn't, it's just not something the band wants to do. Um, you know, Ginger's all right doing this solo thing. I'm going to drop an album, you know, in December. Um, and I won't be touring it, obviously. But uh, with the Wild Hearts, we need that whole machine. Kind of yeah. up and running before we do anything. So we've kind of like hit pause for a few months, and we're all off doing our, our own thing. But in in with hindsight, it was disappointing that the Wild Arts album wasn't happening this year. But it's been a blessing, you know. My my hot sauce has come back, and and to be honest, uh, um, I wrote a bunch of songs during um, like lockdown, which were were quite like hardcore, angry punk, and. They need to come out this year because if they come out next year, things things would have changed. You know, feelings would have changed. But yeah. kind of passion I have right now and, and the anger I feel yeah. right now, although I don't look very angry. Um, <laughs> my girlfriend sending me a message goes, "You're so beautiful." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, it wasn't. It was Ginge. Oh, cheers, Ginge. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, no, so, yeah, the. the 
it, my songs need to come out this year, you know, for them to, to kind of have poignancy and make sense. So, yeah, the Wild Hearts being put on hold for a few months is, yeah, it's a blessing in disguise for me. So. I, I totally get that, dude. That that whole, you know, it's it's of a, of a now, isn't it? You know, an album is of a moment, a time. So those feelings yeah. and emotions connected with those songs, I totally get that. Well, um, I mean, like, you know, if, if we were Guns N' Roses, we'd be doing our lockdown album probably in 10 years' time, you know, but we're not. <laughs> yeah man so, you know, I mean you know I, I wrote a bunch of songs and you know they're, they're the heaviest and punkiest stuff I've ever done and I just wanted to get this music out and also by having it out I don't know how it works for you guys but you know once I get a song and get it recorded it's out of my head for good yes. kind it's, of yeah you know it's yeah, a release yes yeah yeah totally yeah I yeah, mean, do you write most of the stuff, um, Shane? Do you write most of the stuff in the band, or it's a complete collective? Um, but like yeah. Uh, lyrically, yeah, I kind of pen majority, but there's stuff off the first album Ronnie's written. Um, but it's a complete collective. The band um, is really creative, so um, we're lucky on all fronts. There, we got five heads. Um, yeah, because yeah. I mean, when when you do write songs, um, you, it is you, you need to get them out, don't you? You need to kind 100%. of exercise the demon yeah i cannot relax unless like i I can go to bed um and and it's the worst thing in the world half past two in the morning three o'clock in the morning an idea comes in your head and then i've got to get it down whether it be singing into my Mm. phone or or, or jump into my studio and get it down on the mac because i cannot relax until that's out of my head Um, My, my, my son knows this now he knows he you know, he'll see me just pick up my guitar at random times or start like humming or singing into my phone. And, yeah. and he used to go, what are you doing? And I mean, he's only six, but um, he knows I'm, I'm, I'm working when I, when I do that. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's great seeing his, his, his reaction. It's like, I've got an idea, I've got an idea. <laughs> and, um, but uh, uh, on this album, there's a, because it's so um, aggressive and it's, and it's about how I felt. It's not just the lockdown, it's that, you know, politically that the whole world has been turned on its head and yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on. And, and, you know, unless you're completely out of the matrix, that stuff's going to have an, a, an effect on your, your, your personality, your general mood. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm saying motherfucker this and fuck it, I've done the front and I've got my little... But I'm talking, um, oh God, um, duality, Slipknot song. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've put my fingers into my eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Josh was singing it this morning as I pushed my fingers into my ass. <laughs> 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 I got your eyes, not your ass. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It was that's so amazing. funny, the six-year-old, and then I found out that his uncle, was taking the, the piss out of the song it was on when he was on holiday or something. And, and yeah, he said, I pushed my fingers into my ass and Josh picked up on it. And you've got to be, I mean, you've got to be really careful careful with um, kids, but I, I just thought it was a, what a line we came out with this morning. Brilliant line. So that's I actually amazing. might use that. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's awful, man, because like, that's that's the way the world's gone now. I've got, I've got kids the same as Shane. So we we can relate to that. My my kids can say the fucking funniest things at the most. Well, you don't want them to say it in a, in the middle of a supermarket or whatever. But it's the case of that's the way the world's gone. You have to watch what everybody's saying. It's gone a bit. It's just gone a bit fucking. You know. Uh, I, th- I think most bands find it quite hard to kind of censor what comes out. You know, yeah. of their gobs and and it's it's yeah. Um, I mean, since, since I mean, I became a dad really late in life. You know, I was forty-six when I became a dad, and you know, I'm fifty-three in December, and and got, I've got a six-year-old, so I'm like one of the oldest dads at the school. You know, because most of the dads are in their you know mid twenties, sort of early thirties, and but the way I talk is so different to them, and and you know, I'm always dropping f words and and just. But it's 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 um it's the nature of the environment I grew up in and I work in and, and you know we shouldn't be censored and we should be able to say what the fuck we want to fucking say you know yes. what I mean fucking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man you got to watch it around around the kids yeah definitely yeah but yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we are we are the outlet and we you know if we we say it if we're thinking it 
and we say it, I can guarantee you there's multiple people that want to say it themselves, you know, but they don't. Um, and I think that's the beauty of like rock music or punk music or any music in, in general. It is that outlet of expression, emotion. So we, we can't as musicians suppress that because that shit eats us, eats us up, doesn't it? You know what I mean? You've got to be said like it's a, it's a great platform to say, to say what you think and feel. It's real. I mean, the, the the thing with the the, the uh, like during lockdown, there was a, a lot of um, obviously touring and stuff. You couldn't tour and stuff, and and I saw a lot of online gigs and you know really beautiful acoustic gigs. But all I wanted to do is is just you know, if if someone gave me an acoustic guitar and said, you know, do your lockdown show, I would have taken that fucking guitar and smashed it. How <laughs> <laughs> that? You know, I, I don't want to be. You know, it's it's. I want to rage, you know, I want to go on stage and I want to jump around like a fucking arsehole and have lights and fucking my Marshall, you know, turned on to fucking 11 and, and just, I don't want to be like, you know, stroking my fucking mandolin, you know, and, and, you know, so part of me is rejoicing because I'm doing a solo album now and I get to scream and, you know, I get to put some of that passion in uh, and channel it where it should be in, into bombastic, loud, electric music. Yeah. You know, um, nothing wrong with Ed Sheeran, but you know, it just isn't for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. So, is that in your own studio? Where do you, where are you recording that to, dude? Um, I have I have a little setup in the corner there, um, and like my last, I think four, yeah, four solo albums are recorded on my own, and basically I record everything with like uh, I use Easy Drummer now, and then yeah. I replace. The drums. The last two albums, I used a guy called Jason Bold, who's yeah. just the yeah, know him really well. Yeah, know him yeah. well. He's fucking Eastrom, I think. Oh, the guy's a monster, but he's playing on this one as well. So um, wow. um, he he enjoys playing my music because um, uh, my, the trajectory of my solo music is it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier as I go along. And um, but I've always had um a real punk rock sort of ethic towards drums and that. And so I get Jace to put a lot of punk rock stuff in, in there and punk rock fills and stuff, which he, he doesn't naturally do. You know, he's, he's a, he's a metal drummer, Jace, yeah. you know? So he likes, he likes the fact that I get him to do stuff, which, which he wouldn't normally do. And, and he's just, I mean, he is just unbelievable. And also because he plays metal, I can use a lot of double bass drum stuff in my solo music, which I can't do in the wild hearts, you know, because um, yeah. Richard is a solid rock drummer, but he doesn't do the, the double kick thing. So, you know, I can venture into kind of slipknot sort of territory, which is, you know, Find him, put your fingers up your ass. We went to school with Matt from uh, from Bullet, so we, we kind of know him really well. And then I went to watch his side project, which was Axe Wound. Um, right. And I went to the Thekla in Bristol. And I can I didn't know what to expect, but what I did see was, was Jason Bold. And I was like, Fucking hell, fair play, like you know, there's a lot of lot of respect. Drama, completely different style to what I play, but I was just like, wow, he's he's a, he's a he's a beast, like you know. Yeah, so. he is. I mean, he, he is. He is. I mean, and he's quick as well. I mean, he did he did my last album, Blood. I sent him the the ten tracks two nights before it. He turned up into the studio and he recorded everything in three hours, and then just fucked off. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. God, man, it's just wow. so. I said, oh, "Are you ready for this one?" And he went, "Yeah, send send me the songs the night before. I don't want to cloud my head." <laughs> and he, no rehearsing. He'll just turn up, play the songs. He'll do them in a few hours, and it's that I've just never worked with anyone like that. I mean, it's just he must have some sort of ph ph photographic memory or something. He, he has, but it's like um, so. When me and Shane grew up, we weren't kind of the theory side of music. It was all about the jam. So I could me, me and him could maybe get in a room, have a jam with you, but it'd be all there'd be no technical talk. I wouldn't be able to do the technical. Um, if you said to me, you know, play a fucking punk beat, ba -ba -da, ba -ba -da, ba -da, I, yeah. I talk like that, or I go off the <laughs> off the vibe of a guitar. Where yeah. when I seen Jason in the studio, I, I I had the pleasure of watching him, and I think I've told this story to Shane. Um, I turned up, I said hi to my mate. I was like, "Oh, Jason's drumming, is he? Oh, wicked!" And um, I watched him just run through the track like he probably would with you. All right, cool, wicked. He sat there quiet for about two minutes. He just said, hang on a minute. Yeah, two minutes. And I could almost watch him right in, right in his drum parts in the air. I could just see him. 
And then he just said, yep, yeah, hit, um, hit record. Can you put the BPM here? Uh, can you put um, a time change at bar, bar whatever? And he, and he, he kind of got him to build it, build it on Pro Tools. And then I just watched him blitz the track. One take. Yeah, yeah. Perfect, yeah, that, perfect yeah. hits. Yeah. Honestly, man, it, my fucking head did that. Boom. So I was just like, whoa. I mean, I rehearse for everything. I, I just, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not one of those kind of um, guitarists who, if, if, it, if I was out and there was like a jam night or something, just, I just would not go up on stage and start playing. It's it's really out of my comfort zone, but I can walk on stage in front of thousands of people and, and sing and jump around like a monkey. But if it was one of those blues jam nights or something, or they, they started playing old rock and roll standards and stuff, yeah, I just, I wouldn't get up and play, you know. You'd have to pay me to get up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not in beer and peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. We, um, talking about, like, the writing process, we tried something new the other day where we started to just hit, we went away for a couple of days with the band and just started hitting record. Because uh, it's like what you said, if you've got stuff in your head or there's four or five of you trying to get ideas out, we were afraid of somebody missing missing something special. So that that kind of was a new new way of doing it. And that kind of worked the other day. It was exciting. Were you, were you all together in the room, right? Yeah, man, we just booked a place. We thought, fuck it. You know, we've been crammed up long enough. So we just kind of went away for a couple of days together, had a laugh, had a couple of wines. Um, and we just kind of set the Pro Tools, let it rock. Um, there, could, there could have been a lot of shit in there, but it was the whole point. Like Shane said, if he's there and he's got a guitar or he's singing, and the hardest thing is if I've got an idea or one of the boys have got an idea, you sometimes you're waiting for them to kind of give their idea and you lose yours. Um, right, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with this way, it was almost like you could hear him just doing the guitar in the back background so that was being recorded that was done it was just like a, was just yeah, a I mean, yeah i mean in the wild hearts we we always bring kind of they're, they're mostly kind of completed songs to the table so i i have a setup richie has a setup so we record completed demos ginger always does acoustic demos mm -hmm. um yeah. but then we we get into a rehearsal studio and knock each other's songs into in, into shape and you know it, it, it's a collective effort from you know a, a solid idea rather than just all turning up with no ideas and just jamming and and stuff but um i mean in in the past you know ginger's wrote written about 99 percent of all the songs and he always brings completed songs to the table but with the last album it was a lot more organic and and you know that the, the whole process was was you know, songs were, were knocked together in rehearsals and, and um, it was, you know, it, it was enjoyable. And it also, because we demoed everything before we went in the studio, it, it cut down recording time as well. We just yeah. we recorded the album in about, you know, seven days. And, and you know, because we did homework and we did some, you know, pre-production. And it's one of the reasons why we, we, we kind of said right let's let's not do the album this year we'd have to rush it and you know we, sh we should take our time and you know we want to make a really really good album and and you know if we were going to do the lock lockdown album like i said that needed to come out this year it need you know it's it's pointless having an angry lockdown album when you know come out like you know in summer like i was saying like next summer it just it wouldn't make any sense it yeah, just, it, you know we don't know where the world's going to be you know, um, next summer, you know, we could all be working at McDonald's. Yeah. You know? it's, it's Actually, I'm old enough now to probably get a job in home base. You guys will be working at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, man. Home base is one of the only places. I'm fit. I'm actually, um, I mean, you guys are all right because you can get, you can work in McDonald's, right? But I'm actually too old for McDonald's and I'm actually a bit too young for home base. So yeah. I'm fucked. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'll have some sweet curry sauce, man, with my, my fries, all right? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, brilliant. That's brilliant. The, the last record, dude, was a banger. Um, I mean, we were on the road, uh, and as you were trickling it out, we were loving it. It was like, it was just riff after riff, man. It was fucking awesome. Like, I know the Wild Hearts in it, but uh, I mean, um, with, with, with the, because uh, uh, that was the first album we'd done in 10 years. So, yeah. Uh, we, we were really shocked at how well received it was. And um, 
you, 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 you know, a band that's been, I mean, we're, well, we've been together 31 years now and, and, you know, it's, it's, it, we have a sound, you know, if you haven't got a sound, but, you know, when you've been together as long as, long as us, you're fucked, you're fucked, aren't you, basically? <laughs> you're still trying to discover your sound after 31 years. I think you, you, you went into the wrong job. Yeah. But um, we didn't want to rest in our laurels and, and play off the past. And I, I think, you know, with, with the album, it, it surprised us. And that's like a major battle when you actually, when the band are surprised by, you know, what you've actually produced, you know, because a, a lot of bands, you know, when they've been around as long as us, they kind of go through the motions and it's really easy for them to do that. Mm. And, you know, one thing anyone who knows the Wild Arts would never accuse us of is ever going through the motions. This band is just fueled by drama and shit. And, you know, yeah. we, we, we never, um, we've never got to that, plateau where everything's cruising and nice and lovely but it would be really nice if we did get there one day but don't you think that gives you like the i don't know like your your album speaks then you know it's got that edge it's got that attitude it's got that if it was all plain sailing would it be as good do you know what i mean no i mean we were um we're a difficult band as in in the way we are as individuals um i mean we, we get on we don't get on um, you know, I've, I've got, I've known Ginger for, you know, 32, 33 years now. And, and, you know, we've been doing this band, you know, we started the band in 1989 and, and, you know, we've, we've, we've fallen out and fallen in and out and in and, and, you know, but we, we, we work well together. We know how our vocals work. We know how there isn't another guitarist or singer. I, I feel, you know, more comfortable with, you know, than yeah. I do with Ginger. And, and, you know, we were, you know, we're like two peas in a pod and, and, but there's always some sort of drama in this band. And that's what gives us, keeps us edgy and, and keeps the, it, it, we can't be too smooth. We need, we need rough edges, yeah. you know, it's what the band's about. And, and, you know, if, 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 um, because we can, you know, we can do those really nice harmonies and stuff. If we became smooth, we'd end up sounding like the fucking Eagles, man. It'd just be awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the Eagles, but again, yeah. I'm too young to work at home base and I'm way too young to be in the fucking Eagles. <laughs> uh, dude. Oh man, you could I that's what I said to the boys. Whenever I see you guys on stage, you are you you were absolutely right. You and Ginge, two peas in a pod. It's like you were so in sync, your guitar playing, the, the vocal, um, how we phrases, it's it's incredible. I love your backing vocals, man, with with CJ. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's I've been singing with Ginger for so long. It's um we just I just know how he's gonna end words, I know where yes. he's gonna go, and and you know, it's just when when you've been singing with someone for that length of time and done that many shows, you know, it, it is really natural. And, and but we, I mean, it was like that from when we first started singing. It's just, I fell into, we could never find a singer in, in the Wild Hearts. And we, we looked, when we, we, we put the band together, we were looking for a singer for a, a good year, I think a good, probably a year and a half, we were looking for a singer. We just couldn't find a singer we wanted. And, and it was, um, and then someone said, oh, Ginge, why didn't you sing? You know, and, um, so it, we just we did a demo with Jim just singing and me doing that second harmony thing, and then we we signed our record deal off the back of that demo. It just it just worked, and you know, and just it was yeah, we wasted a year or so looking for a singer when we could have just been cracking on, you know. But it's just it's just the way it worked. It was it wasn't planned, and we just kind of stumbled into our roles in the band. But you know, it, it's. It, isn't that the best way when it isn't forced? It's all natural and you know, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know, I mean, how did you become a singer? You know, it was it yeah. was it just something you stumbled into? It was um God man, I, I, I was singing since I was like four, really. I mean, my dad was a, a singer, I play guitar. So you got a pro- you got a proper voice as well. You got like a proper, proper like you proper sing, you know, it's like um I try, like you know, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but you're not you're not trained enough, are you? No, 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 not at all. Um, my dad, he was just he loved his sort of country music back in the day. So, um, right. I Johnny Cash and what have you, and, and he'd he'd just walk into the living room, pick up his guitar if you're watching TV, and and just start singing, and then you'd have to join in, and or I'd pick up the guitar and, and play along with him. So from a real early age, I I kind of that was that was the bedrock of 
songs and and singing and uh... it's re that's really important i mean if if, if you are going to go down down that route i think it's um i know i know i know a lot of amazing musicians and singers and um the ones that really stand out are the ones who are kind of self-taught and just kind of stumbled along and yeah. kind of struggled a bit because it's it's um my dad said to me once because because I, I asked him for um if i could have some guitar lessons and he went why do you want guitar lessons? And I went, I just want to learn. And he goes, yeah, but you just sound like a teacher. And so he bought me a book as his teacher self. <laughs> so, um, but it, it, it's, it's true, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, I play, uh, and Ginger's the same, we play some chords in a rather unorthodox manner. And, you know, um, I still don't know the name of half the chords I play, but, you know, mm -hmm. as long as they sound right, who cares? Yeah, I'm exactly the same when it comes to guitars. Couldn't tell you what chords I'm playing. Uh, piano in particular, I play piano like rhythmically rather than like a pianist would. It's, it's a totally different feel. A penis? What's that? Did you say? <laughs> How does a penis play a piano? I'm trying, I'm figuring it out now. I'll show you later. I'll show you later. <laughs> um, I, I remember going to a studio and, and laying down a track, and there was this guy who was in control of the studio. It was his studio. And, um, he was a proper pianist and right. uh, he played like he was incredible dude but then he wasn't getting the essence of what my demo was he was, he was kind of too nice and i was like no i need to be like this and he's like well that's not how a, a pianist would play the guitar a, a, a piano um and then i found that yeah but then that's not me so you you know I, your dad's right you know you pick up that instrument and that's that's an extension of you how you do it that's yeah. your personality and um yeah, again, I found that really early. Um, I think we all did in our band. There's no one really sort of technical. It's all sort of self-taught and all about the feel and the vibe. It's um, it's it's really important um, with, with when when you do anything, not just not just music. Um, it's really important you put your own spin and your own you know identity on on something. And and you know, I see a lot of incredible players like on Facebook and, and Instagram. These young like you know boys and girls you know fucking whittling off yeah. and it's just like oh shut up just give me a song man play it play, play like steve jones play like the pistols you know play like fucking james drummer why are you doing this and it's just yeah so yes you do get penises who play guitar <laughs> a lot of them on instagram Amazing. <laughs> and they go <laughs> so CJ, what was the what was the bands or the, or the song that made you pick up the guitar? You, you mentioned a few bands there, like um, Sex Pistols. What what was your influence? Um, the the very first band was Kiss. Yeah. Kiss cool. were um, and they were the first band I ever saw as well. I was 12, 11 or twelve. I can't remember. Um, they had the full makeup as the Unmasked tour in nineteen eighty. Yeah. Um, actually, I tell a lie. Iron Maiden was supporting them on the. Maiden tour, their first album tour, on um, and so Iron Maiden were the first band I saw um, in 1980, and and then, but it just, uh, it's just kissed, just seeing them when I was like a kid, just yeah. that I just saw them, and I remember saying to my dad, I go, that is what I want to do, mm -hmm. you know, and um, it, um, it just it's it, from that I was you know 11 or 12, I just thought right, I'm I'm gonna be in a band, and that was it. That the minute I saw them, it was just tunnel vision. I'm going to be in a band. But then I discovered, like, you know, like most rock, music, rock musicians, you go through phases. I went through a glam thing for a year and a half. But punk has always been my heart. I feel like a punk rocker. And, um, you know, I love a lot of American punk bands. You know, um, I'm a massive Clash fan. Um, really love The Clash. Um, uh but I mean, American band called the Descendants, who um, yeah. I really, really like, um, got me when I was a teenager. And um, a lot of Fresh did as well, um, like early Metallica and Slayer and all those bands. It's, it's the same when I, when I um, met Ginge, we were talking about the bands we loved and he was the same. Kiss were a major influence on, on him. And, but he was also into all the fresh and, and the punk as well. And it's one of the reasons why the Wild Hearts sound the way we do, because yeah. one minute we, we sound punk and then we'll yeah. go into like a Metallica bit and then yeah. we'll go into a rock and roll bit and then we'll go back to the punk and we mix it all up. And that's because of, of, of 
the eclectic sort of influences we have. But, yeah. you know, we, we, when we came out in, in the 90s, there wasn't a band like us. There wasn't a band who did like Beach Boy Harmonies and then dropped into a Metallica bit. And yeah. then went into the Sex Pistols bit, and then yeah. you know into a cheap trick bit, and then back to the Metallica bit. And and it, it was um, it was really important that you know me and Chinch had were into those type of bands. You know we weren't we weren't just into like you know rock and roll or just into punk. We we loved it all, and we wanted to put it all into the pot. And you know it, it, it's 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 a, a major major um, part of our sound is that. You know, we can switch from rock and roll to punk to metal all in a blink of an eye. And it's, yeah. it's um, thank God, because we, you know, none of us wanted to be in the Beatles or, you know, the Stones or something. You know, we just, we wanted to rage. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can hear all those influences in your music. I had to say to a lot of people, like, if you, you can't really pigeonhole your stuff. I mean, us listening to your stuff when we were without sounding... This is nothing but respect, brother. Like in school, like we would listen to you and it's like, ah, uh, 29 times the pain, caffeine bomb. I mean, incredible stuff. But it was stuff that we hadn't, I hadn't heard before. In, in Then in a way I hadn't heard before. Like you said, you know, there'd be elements of huge choruses, melodic, but then that heaviness, the punk ever. You're like, what is this? Whereas it's, um, Nirvana, Nirvana, grunge, you know what I mean? Bands that we, yeah, I mean, there's was, there was that time in in the '90s. I mean, we we, we stood out for a, for a minute because of our music, and then if something went truly wrong, we stood out for all, all the wrong reasons, and and the music got forgotten. You know, people, the, the music became secondary because people were tuning in just to see, you know who was going to be sat next or, or who was going to, you know, be fucked up from drugs or get into a fight or be arrested, you know. And uh, But ultimately, and this is our saving grace, we've always come back to the music. The band's always managed to produce albums. And, you know, when, when we're on stage and when we're on form, I think we're a world-class band, you know. I think even, even at our grand old age right now, we can still, you know, we still jump around, or Danny does, and he hops, but me and Ginge, we jump around, and, and you know, it's there's still that energy, you know, it's still passion and power coming yeah. off the stage, and for, a, you know, a bunch of guys like, you know, me and Ginge in our 30s, it's yeah. fucking, we're doing all right, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> well, the, the biggest accolade is when, I we when you did Steel House, when was that, two years ago? Two years, yeah. Yeah. Headliner. Was that when it was pissing down with Ryan? Yeah, and the sun came out. I think I've got a shot of you, man, side of stage where the sun just fucking just came out as you were half like halfway through your set or something. It was fucking class. Like, what, did I drop my trousers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we were we were standing on the side of the stage watching the performance, and um, you know, it's that moment of well, it was the wild art. You know, listening to them growing up and stuff. But my son, my son is seven now. But at the time, well, he was five. Um, and it's the first sort of live festival he'd seen. And you ask Ronnie, he was by the side. He did not leave the side of that stage watching oh, you. Brilliant. And he oh, was just mouth open, just couldn't take his eyes off you. And I was oh, like, yes, he's got the bug. Um, Josh saw me live um, last year for the um, the first time at, um, what's the heavy metal festival? Bloodstock. Yeah. Is it Bloodstock? Bloodstock. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some band pulled out. We got we got asked to do it, and um, I mean, it's it's an amazing festival, absolutely amazing festival. And but it was the first time he's ever seen seen me live, so it was it was yeah. a real bucket. It was my favourite show last year because of that reason. My my little boy came and saw me play live, and and up until that point, he thought I was a dancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He tried to get down, so he did star jumps to his teacher. <laughs> <laughs> After that, that moment, I was a clown, which is brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's class. Yeah, amazing, dude. Amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I said to Shane top of the show as well, man. Um, when we were in school, we I think we just left or whatever. I caught you in TJ's um, in Newport where yeah. with. Yeah. It was a fucking wild gig. I mean, what you got to think, I think I was about 15, 16. I'd have to check with my mate, probably maybe 14. And I snuck that's in. A lot of PJs. I mean, God, I remember, that's a tiny little place. Yeah. 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 And the, 
when I came to watch you, it changed over the years, but when I came to watch you, the ceiling was like, um, looked like a cave. Like the, it was a fucking weird ceiling. So everybody was crowd surfing and it was kind of, it was a fucked up. It was just, you know, for a kid who watched like a, a punk rock band, it was just like, whoa, this is fucking insane. So, I mean, I was just going to jump on the back of what Shane said. If I, I remember watching that and thinking this has blown my, my head away. And then fast forward to like Steelhouse um, and even Call of the Wild, where we, we were on the same bill as you. And we were kind of just standing there smiling, seeing you you and the boys kind of jamming it out, smiling. The vocals were fucking... Call of the Wild was the one in, in Yorkshire, wasn't it? I can't remember. Is I think so, on a race course. I think it was on yeah. a race course or... Lincolnshire. Maybe. Lincolnshire, yes, man. Lincolnshire. Yeah, yeah. Was, it was on a race, yeah, because we'd been on tour and I remember the tour bus pulling up and um it had proper toilets didn't it not 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 porter cabins for a festival yeah. it had like concrete block designated yeah. and yeah. i remember thinking shit man yeah i'm in bon jovi man i'm playing a festival and i got a proper toilet <laughs> <laughs> i finally thought i've made it and I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's a tony how you remember places in it but the, the state of the toilets yeah. Yes. <laughs> or the backstage. I remember the show, but I remember the fucking toilets, yeah. Yeah. Or the backstage, how little space you might have to get changed or something, like, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's, um, I tell you, um, if I mean, I don't know how how far afield you guys have toured, but, you know, the Wilders have toured all over the world um, quite a few times. And um, uh, whenever we leave the UK, you know, backstage areas, just even in the tiniest shit it's clubs are just so much nicer than you know you start getting up you're doing bigger halls here and the changing rooms are still the same the showers still don't work <laughs> I think they bring, they bring the rider from the smaller gig and just went oh fuck it just bring the old rider and just stick it in there they won't know and the sandwiches as well just you know wipe the mold off them stick it down there but it's just yeah the minute you leave the uk Backstage areas get really nice and everything works and you get really nice food and, and stuff. And then you come back to the UK and, and you play in these bigger halls and it's like, what the fuck? What, what's happened? Why isn't there no, there's water, but you know, you have to choose whether you just want it hot or cold. <laughs> like, you can't have it like warm and nice. Uh, but, um, we did a tour at the be beginning of this, well, it's the last tour we did this year. Um, we toured with the Backyard Babies and we supported them in Germany. And then they supported us in in the UK, but in Germany it was it was amazing, caterers every day and and food and just a selection of cheese and meat and whatever you wanted and beers, and then we, we came to the UK and it was like yeah, a can of Fanta and a pot noodle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I miss I miss playing live. I miss I miss I had no idea in February that was going to be the last shows we were doing this year, and you know um, it's just it's awful. It's awful not being able to play live, and and it's 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 the one thing I, you know I truly truly miss is just going out on tour and and doing shows. So when we eventually do get you know that honour and that privilege back. I mean, Jesus, what? I mean, it's just going to be amazing, that first show. Absolutely incredible. Oh, so, yeah. You know, yeah. It's just, you, well, you, you guys going to know, you know, you're going to be kissing that stage, aren't you? Oh, man. Honestly, we, 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 we did, you know, we played that show for Planet Rock and it was self, um, no crowd. It was great to be together because at that point we hadn't seen each other for months. Was that but weird? Was it was really so cool? weird, yeah. We yeah. we said that to John Norman. We love being a part of it. I mean, we were grateful. Thank you, know what I mean, thank you. And loads of people said they enjoyed it. But as a band, we did kind of we miss. We're the same as you, man. It's the same. It's the same attitude. Like I said, that nineties. We grew up listening to bands like yourself and Three Colors Red. We said earlier and stuff. And um, so to not have that energy, it was like. It just, it just felt a little, you know, we were, we were missing it, man. It was just like, fuck, you know. Yeah, I mean, we were offered um, a few, a few of these, these gigs with no one there, and we came really close. But I'm, I'm glad we stepped back now. You know, um, a, a lot of it's because, um, you know, like a lot of bands, we're running out of dough, and and you know, we couldn't be furloughed. We couldn't, um, you know, unless we play live, 
we don't really our, our lion's share of mu- uh, income comes from playing live and, and once that you know avenue you know was blocked for us you know we we had to sell try and sell merch and stuff like that so um you know we were offered a few kind of kind of those non-audience sort of gigs and we, we did come close but i'm glad we we, we we stepped back and you know everyone's doing what they can do now to survive on their own steam which which is a good thing you know it, you know you just go out there and, and you survive everyone has to do it mm. but um when we do play live again we'll be playing a proper show you know with with you know an audience and and they won't be socially distancing or because i've seen i've seen pictures of gigs now in in venues where you know four thousand capacity venues and and they can only have like 600 people in there and yeah and it and people say oh it was really good and then you look at the audience it looks shit it looks you know you can't all, all sat down and it's like fucking sipping pims and eating cucumber sandwiches what a bunch of cunts man it looks rubbish <laughs> not a fucking gig it's a fucking tea party it's like oh. but you know what i mean i'm sitting down sipping fucking pims <laughs> fucking idiots I know, I know, you know, venues are going bust and I know bands are fucking, like, look, you know. God, if I was younger, I'd be out on the streets sucking cock for money, you know, but I have to sell hot sauce because I'm old and I can't get a job at home base. But um, it's like, it is. There's, a big, so, <laughs> there you go. there's a, there's a, what's the word? Um, there's a way of doing things and, yeah. you know, a rock, a rock gig. It's not just about the band going on stage and all the light. It's about all the audience as well and what they're doing. And they're on top exactly. of each other and driving on top. You know, yeah. that's part of the experience. And if you take that away, you're taking away half the ele- electricity, half the yeah. power, because it's not just the band. It's not just, you know, musicians going through the motions on stage. It's it's an experience. It's, it, it's an event, you know. Yeah. And, and It's I've a totally thing. They look yeah, rubbish. Man. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's a two-way thing. I think that's what hit us so hard. We are we 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 are quite surprised how we get the crowd in um involved, I guess. And until you take the crowd out, then we realize oh shit, that's the bit where the crowd normally chant back at us or and, and then that's not there. So yeah. then you change your set because you can't get the crowd involved like you normally would do. It's a two-way thing. Without the crowd, there's no life, but there's no what life. um Bon, John Bon Jovi would be fucked, wouldn't he? Because he's always he's always putting his mic out to the yeah. audience on the hype. <laughs> I mean, that's why Bon Jovi haven't done any of those like crowdless gigs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there'd be no one to fucking sing the song. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> fucking love that. I fucking love that. So, like, you know, over lockdown and stuff, I've, I've noticed you're cooking as well, dude. Fucking hell, it looks amazing. Is that yeah. is that have you, have you always been into that or are you just bored or I'm Indian man? <laughs> you don't all Indians can cook. Oh, you know, like my mom and dad, my mom's in the Seychelles, my dad's Indian. I grew up on on the most amazing food. They're always cooking and it's it's just it's just something which has been kind of passed down and hence my like my um uh my hot sauce. Um my mum always made her own hot sauce and um she can't eat like spicy food anymore um but um ever since i was a kid i, I always used to notice her putting like you know this red stuff on on a on a food on everything and i you know there's me thinking it was ketchup and i tried it one day and was like fuck you know and then i was like oh this is really nice and i started copying her and um it's just it grew up from there that uh, you know i have um like either chili flakes or chili sauce on everything. Um, the only dish I will not put spice on is uh, a roast dinner. It doesn't seem to work on on a roast. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's just too white, you know, for hot sauce and that. Well, I get in trouble for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but we 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 you tried it. To, yeah, yeah, man, it is fucking. Thank you so much for sending it. It is. Oh, I sent you a bottle. Yes, yeah. mate. Oh man, it is. Yeah, it's very tasty. It's that's fucking the, um, hell. That's the medium stuff, though. That wasn't the really hot, hot, hot stuff. What? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah, that's that's the medium one. There's a one called Extreme, which is it, it, which is quite hot. Fucking up, CJ. When when we finally get out there on the road, yeah, bring bring a bottle of that. It fucking killed him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, lovely, that's what I have the extreme. But to be honest with you, I I, I use um uh, uh, chili flakes as well, which are even hotter because I I like a bit. I like my food to punch me. Yeah. 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 You got. You got to have, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you, I, you, I um, you need pain, you? yeah, I had some um, pasta and meatballs earlier, and I put a little bit over that, and it was oh, oh just oh, fucking hell, it just it lifted it like because um, I haven't sold my hot sauce for a couple of years, and um, obviously with with me not touring, I needed to bring bring it back. You know, it, it, it's a, it's a source of income. You know, it isn't gonna um, you know I ain't gonna retire or anything, but you know, it's it's unwheeling and dealing, and you know, it's all about. You know, when I'm not selling secondhand watches or porn in the pubs, you know, I'm selling the sauce. So, um, uh, let's have a look at it, Ron. Let's get that, let's get that bottle up. Let's have a look at it. Where, so where it's, can fucking, you get it? it's great, man. Oh, it's such, oh, such a beautiful bottle. It's lovely. It's, re it's, it's really good for hemorrhoids as well, you know, my hot sauce. Try it. Oh, honestly, if it doesn't work, I'll give you your money back. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you write on the bottle? I might have this wrong. I was chuckling over something earlier. Did you put like stain remover or something on there? Or... Yeah, on on each on each bottle, it has different uses. On the yeah. back, on the yeah. bottom of each bottle, it says suitable for goats, and underneath goats, it says vegans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I seen that earlier. I was like, that's fucking great. Like, I almost had to double look at it. I was like, that's brilliant. Well, you got to get the pecking order right, haven't you? You know. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, I bought the sauce bag and I had no idea it was gonna uh, take off like it did, and I was overwhelmed with orders. So I had to shut my shop after two days because I just couldn't, couldn't. But I hadn't been selling it for two years, and I didn't know I'd, I'd, I'd um produced a bunch of like crackhead hot sauce junkies, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, yeah so I, I'm I'm opening my shop for two days in the first week in November, and then you're not going to be able to get it till spring next year. So um, wow. So wow. I, mean, I just can't cope with the, the demand for it. And I'm a one-man band, and it's, it's I spent two weeks packaging up hot sauce, and it was driving me a bit crazy, you know, packaging. When I, I had all these – and now I've got all these songs in my head, and I'm recording again. It's it's all good. It's all good. But my songs yeah. are all about bubble wrap for some weird reason. <laughs> <laughs> I had a look on your Instagram. I could watch your process because, obviously, I think you put – am I right by saying you put beer in there? Yes, there's beer, barbecue, and chili in a bottle. It's my my three favorite things. Well, they, they were my three favorite things at the time. Yeah. Yes, man. You know, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I still love barbecue. I still love hot sauce. So, uh, I really don't like beer anymore, though. I don't drink it anymore. <laughs> Class. Was that cool getting all the quantities right and stuff, or was it fucking stressful? Or um, no, I mean it's. Uh, I hooked up with a. Um, a chili company down in Hull, which are quite local to me. And um, it was really hard to find a company who would let me come in, into their kitchen, and come up with my own recipe. And yeah. um, they're called Chili Devil, and they're based in Hull. And they were really accommodating. And they said, yeah, come down, and we'll work on, you know. And it, it took a few few goes to get the recipe right. But once we got it right, um, you know, it, it, it's a matter of, like, putting less chilies in it to make it milder, more chilies to make it hotter and um but they were they were really really cool and they let me come in and i said i wanted to put my three favorite things in a bottle and you know that was like beer barbecue and chili and once we got it right um, i mean i'm a fan of my own sauce and you know you know I, I don't play my own music you know i don't sit at home you know naked listening to the wild arts but <laughs> i do sit at home naked eating my hot sauce so that says a lot about the sauce you don't want to get that sauce down below, dude. That will. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you what. Oh. So, how close is that sauce to your mum's sauce? Is it? Is it close? Um, is it really like... Yeah, really close. Is it? Um, like it's it, it's really um in in the fact that it's it it's um just just the flavour. My mum's mum's. You get a lot and lot of hot sauces, and, and most of them are quite generic, and most of them taste of vinegar. Yeah. And um, they've got absolutely no flavour whatsoever. It's just heat and vinegar. And it's really important. I grew up on really tasty 
flavoursome hot sauce, which my mum would make. And I, for, for a long time, I was buying all sorts of hot sauces all from, from around the world. And I loved the heat. I loved the, the punch it got, but there was just no flavour. So I, um, uh, when I released the solo album, Mabel, it was a few good few years ago, I, I wanted to do a sauce to go along with that. And it is, it's a bit of a, you know, a nod to my mum as well. And um, yeah, from from that, I've, I've had about probably nine or ten different sort of types of sauces now. So it's 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 definitely something. Um, again, the lockdown brought down brought back yeah. my hot sauce. So that's yeah. another really really good thing which has come out of such a shit situation. So uh, my sauce is coming back. I'm doing my first solo album, which is my first solo album in three years. So you know, th there is some good to come out. You know. What is the clusterfuck of 2020? Yeah, yeah man. And, and and how deep are you in with the new album? Are you nearly close to finishing yeah. it? Or I'm. It's it's it's. If I record eight songs, it's a mini album. If I record ten, it'll be a full album. I'm I'm seven songs in now, so. Cool. And I I need to have them all recorded by the first week in November. So it's probably looking like it's going to be a full. Ten track, album. So. Um, and the song I was working on, I've been working all day, a song called Charles, which is all about um, uh, some of the old men I seem to be surrounded by who still do cocaine and just still think it's 1996. <laughs> 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 Fuck, it's just like, Jesus, wake up, guys, man. I love that. What, what's the song called? Charles. 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 That's genius. Genius. Charles. That's class. That's fucking class. That's brilliant. I love yeah. that. Is I, that... I, um, I gave up. I mean, I stopped taking... I have no problem with people doing what the fuck they want to do. But, I mean, I stopped, like, um, hard drugs when I turned 40. Was, yeah, and um, I just I made a decision that I just wanted to, like, flip the album over and start playing the b-side and and by stopping taking drugs i became more hyperactive and more energetic and just yes. more passionate about things and it's amazing you know because you know i used to do so much speed and coke and weed and acid and i thought it was like you know making me just alive but it wasn't it was killing me and making turning me into a fucking cunt and, um, you know, so I stopped it and I started living my life. And, and you know, the, the song I was writing today is about, it's my message to those people out there, you old bastards who are still out there fucking doing drugs, thinking you're fucking, you know, 22. Start living your lives again, man. You know, just yeah. stop, fucking flip over. It doesn't need to be the B-side of Abbey Road. It could be the B-side of, you know, never mind the bollocks. <laughs> you know, the B-side of kill them all. And yeah. just go out there and fucking, you know, start living your life. Stop Love being that. fucking idiots. That's yeah. all it's about. Do you want a line, by the way? I don't like that. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 class, brother. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It really means the world, man. Yes, man, honestly. Really does. Really does. So when um, is this album out, dude? December. Um, Right, I'm dropping it. Um, there'll be a pre-sale um, uh, second week in November, and the album will be shipping first week in December. Um, it's like uh, again, we're locked down. There's no big fanfare. There's no tons of press, no adverts. It's me working on my own and just I'm, I'm dropping an album. You know, there'll be some reviews. Uh, I'm doing a video as well. I don't know if you've noticed um, some of the clown sort of stuff coming. Yes, I did. It freaked yeah. me the fuck out. I'm not I'm not good with clown CJ. I'm, well, I I'm, had a I'm great with great with beer. I'm great with beer and I'm awesome with hot sauce. But when you did the clown thing, I was like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> that's, um, that's all going to be there's there's a theme running through this and uh, once the video drops in in November, um, the clown thing will make sense. And it, it's um, it, the, the song it's attached to is called The State of Us. And it's about my take on the state of the world and how many fucking clowns there are out there running it, living in right. it, living yeah. in yes. it. Yes, man. Yes. Yeah. The clown thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not me wanting to... Although, um, you know, it actually... 
yeah, it's it, I kind of wear the clown in in the bedroom now. The clown mask is quite yeah goes Oof. goes down <laughs> off. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> okay, my my girlfriend's petrified of clowns, so yeah, she's she um, yeah, yeah she me too. Be. Me yeah. too. You'd have, you'd have fun if we were on the road, fucking dressing up like that. I'd fucking shit my pants. She's all right with the gimp mask, but you know, <laughs> you said I crossed the line when I put the clown mask on. Oh man. <laughs> uh, man, that's incredible, dude! What a guest you've been. Thank you so much. Thank and you. I can't wait for that album, brother. I'll be getting a copy of that album, hundred percent. Yes, and me, and we'll make sure we plug it as much as we can, mate. Honestly, Brilliant. thank Stay you. Stay safe, and um, we'll we'll definitely catch you for a beer when when we fucking can. Like definitely, definitely, and and thank you very much for having me. And it's like I really, really have enjoyed this. It's really nice, like talking with you guys, and all the best. Okay. Ah, thank, oh, thank you, you CJ, man. Can't wait to catch you in real life. Cheers, man. Did I have to thank press just leave? Yeah, yeah. You got it. Cheers, I'll bro. Leave, all right, I'm off dogging now, so. Thanks for listening to Crowcast Podcast. Don't forget, this episode is also available to watch on our YouTube channel. For up to date information on everything Crows, follow us on all our socials or visit our website, thosedamncrows.com. Tidy. Ta-da!